I want to invite you to join us for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. On May 22nd, Paul D. Joe, co-founder and former COO at Mudwater, will be sharing about online marketing and using Bitcoin to accelerate your efforts. In addition to helping scale the well-known coffee alternative, Paul is also behind Casey Cattle's recent Bitcoin adoption that went viral on Twitter. After Paul shares, there'll be a live Q&A along with the time to share insights and network with fellow entrepreneurs. You can find a link in the show notes to sign up. Be sure you'll be able to say, I was there when your progeny asked you where you were for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. You don't just have to buy Bitcoin. They're, you know, earning it through your business is a is a great way to accumulate it. We save all the Bitcoin that we earn and uh, it's been a, like a helpful tool for our company. And I think that's something like other businesses should look into. And then Oshi app also, they started a program where Michael was awesome in letting us be like one of the first companies to do it, where we offer sats back rewards to all of our customers. So every single person that comes in the store and makes a purchase, it doesn't matter if they pay with Bitcoin or not. Our rewards program is in sats. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Kendall Pappas, who is the owner of McGillicuddy's Naturals, which sells natural goat milk soap and bath products. We're going to be talking about her business, how she's incorporating Bitcoin into what she's doing, as well as the importance of local Bitcoin meetups. She leads one in New York State and how she used Bitcoin to escape an abusive relationship and some recommendations for people who might be in a tough spot like that and how they can use Bitcoin for themselves. Of course, before we get to our interview with Kendall, we do have this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight, which just so happens to be the meetup that she organizes in New York State. Before that, I also want to thank those who have been supporting the show on Fountain in the last week. Thanks to Bowtide, Groundhog, No Waste, BTC Signs, user 724-77450, and user 399-53486 for streaming sats to the podcast. Thanks also to New V Light, who sent a 500 sat boost. If you would like to support the show as well, you can listen on Fountain and either stream sats as you listen or send a boost. And if you include a message with that boost, I'll be sure to read it on the show. And this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight is the Capital Region Bitcoin Network. The Capital Region Bitcoin Network has a monthly social meetup near Albany, New York. Come to learn and talk about Bitcoin. Everyone is welcome. They meet at Druthers in the city of Schenectady, meet new people, ask questions, suggest topics, or just come and hang out. Appetizers are provided. They also host workshops on topics such as Bitcoin 101, self-custody, running a node, and inheritance planning. Workshop topic suggestions are always appreciated. You can find them on Twitter at UpstateNYBTC or on their meetup page. Both those links are down below, along with a link to the Oshi app, which you can use to find a Bitcoin meetup near you. Now, we're going to get to our interview with Kendall right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with the Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. 
Kendall, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Mm-hmm. Let's go. When and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? Um, I was first introduced to Bitcoin in a little like early 2017. My now ex-husband asked for one for his birthday. I had heard him talk about it, but I really thought it was like this little gold coin that I was going to have to go on eBay and buy or something. I got it was yeah you know, it was January 2017, and um, I wanted to learn a little bit more just to you know, converse with him about it. And as soon as I started learning, I like really quickly fell down the rabbit hole and I was like, oh, this is something very different and something, you know, really powerful and important. And um, it's been like an endless, you know, an endless journey of education ever since. <laughs> and just out of curiosity, was it because you had maybe seen images online of that kind of the the golden Bitcoin coin? Yes. That's why you thought that? Or was it just an assumption that you had? No, I mean, it was the images for sure. I thought I was actually buying a gold, like a gold coin that had value somehow. And I, I really thought it was just a novelty thing. I didn't think, you know, there is anything meaningful behind it. Yeah. So that leads us into question number two, which is what's an insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish everyone understood? I wish, you know, everyone really understood the freedom part, that it really is freedom money. We get, I feel like a lot of people get caught up in, you know, the number go up or, um, you know, just really holding on to it. But I wish people really knew you know, how important it is and how helpful it can be in so many other cases, mm-hmm. especially the freedom part, you know, for me and then for so many other people around the world that it is. It can save lives. Question number three, what's the Bitcoin resource you most recommend to other people? Ah, meetups, like in-person events. It doesn't necessarily have to be meetups, but yeah, anything in person. um, I have learned more one-on-one with individuals in my meetup group than I have. Well, I guess it's not like entirely fair. I've learned a ton from, you know, podcasts and reading, but um it's just been so valuable valuable to have someone that you can just like reach out to and and walk you through something one on one those resources are amazing like you can just sit there and and chat back and forth and be like oh my gosh now i get it like i can listen to a podcast but i can't ask the question that's in my head during it but if i'm one on one with someone who's really knowledgeable like we can go back and forth and solve an issue really quickly and it's been very helpful in um in a lot of parts of of my bitcoin journey I want to talk to you more about Bitcoin meetups uh, mm-hmm. later on in the interview. <laughs> but for now, we'll move to question number four, which is beyond Bitcoin. What's a tool, resource or idea that's been helpful to you or your work recently? Yeah, this was the one that was hardest for me. <laughs> Bitcoin's like super easy to talk about. But I think, you know, in business for me, one thing that's most important and always helpful is like staying true to our to our mission. You know, we make natural soaps and bath products and we try to keep it, you know, at, at reasonable prices. And there it's so easy to like make a lot more money or get the uh, product to market faster by taking shortcuts and doing things that, you know, are against really like what our values are. And I it's just always been you know incredibly important to stay true to to your mission, what's important to you. I feel that way, like in Bitcoin, too. But um 
And though, you know, it comes full circle in the end. Now we have our final, what we call our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Oh, I'm a why not person. I love listening to your shows and hearing what everyone has to say about this. It's really interesting. I'm a why not person. I feel like, you know, we have a lot of freedom and let's explore that. And if there's a reason we can't do something, like, why not? Explain to me why. And same thing, you know, with Bitcoin, it's freedom money. So, you know, why not? Meet Linkster, your premier Bitcoin-focused advisor. Linkster caters to businesses, institutions, family offices, and high net worth individuals. They merge your unique financial goals and needs with Linkster's Bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard-earned profits and retained earnings. And Linkster is not just advice, it's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting Linkster.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-T-E-R. Com. Linkster, secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Vellus Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Vellus Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Vellus is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Vellus Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Vellus Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VellusCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Vellus Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. All right. So Kendall, we have a handful of things to get to today. <laughs> I want to start off first because this is business Bitcoinization with your business, McGillicuddy's Naturals. Could you share with us a little bit about the business? Uh, just kind of a quick plug. I'm pretty sure last week, right? Orange Pill app was highlighting you as one of their merchants on their platform. You're on the Oshi app. We've interviewed Michael Atwood, the, mm -hmm. the co-founder of Oshi multiple times on this podcast. Big fan of his app. But just excited to hear about your business and some of the tools that you have found helpful when incorporating uh, Bitcoin into what you're doing. So maybe first of all, just McGillicuddy's Naturals, can you give us a little bit about the background and who who you're serving and what you're offering? Sure, sure. Um, we make natural soaps and bath products. We started, oh my gosh, started the company 24, almost 24 years ago now. I, I was um, allergic to pretty much like any commercial soap product when I was little and my mom learned how to make soaps. They weren't, you know, natural products just weren't really available. And if they were, they were really expensive. So she just learned how to make soaps. And then as I got older and all of my friends were like buying stuff from Bath and Body Works and I couldn't use anything. If I did, I would like break out in hives or like my eyes would swell shut. So I learned how to make, you know, lotions and um, scrubs and creams and then we started giving them as gifts and people started buying them and just started doing um, craft shows and stuff. And then it kind of like took this turn where it, it had to become a business or it couldn't really be a hobby anymore, just taking up too much time. And so we started doing it full time in 2000. It was a little bit like of a tough. It reminds me of, of Bitcoin now because um, it was a tough sell. 
I would, we had a store selling natural soaps. People come in and be like, why would I buy this? You know, when I can buy ivory for 99 cents and you, you would just have, you'd have to teach them like, this is what's in, you know, your commercial products. Like this is the stuff that you're putting on your skin here, take a sample and like, just try it out. And then, you know, natural products like really took off and we make custom um, products for other companies. They market, you know, under their name. That's a big part of our business. We wholesale, we retail and we have the website. So, uh, you know, you said you, you, make products for other companies. So there's, they're able to sell natural products as well. Is that a, a large part of your business or is it still mainly the business to consumer, like uh, direct to consumer type of selling this, this the biggest part of your business? Yeah. The, the direct to consumer is the biggest, um, but that the private labeling um, is creeping up there very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's pretty close to about half. So I'm also curious to kind of understand, I think we everyone's seen it, but maybe hasn't uh, been as, uh, hasn't tracked as closely to the uh, growth of interest in natural products. What's that been like? You said, you know, in 2000, it wasn't as much that way. The trend I'm, I'm guessing has continued to move toward natural products. What has the timeline been like as far as um, interest with your customers? And what do you think is driving some of that? You know, in in 2000, it was really hard. The majority of our customers were people like with allergies and skin issues. And um, they, it was almost like me, like it was a forced need, like they needed a product and they didn't want to pay, you shouldn't have to pay $15 for a bar of soap. It really doesn't even cost, you know, that much. So a lot of our customers, it was need-based. I think it it has a lot, it's, it's just had to do a lot with education. I want to say like around 2010 was when I really feel like it started to swing. People were understanding more about like what they were putting in and on their body. And the business definitely changed where I wasn't hard selling all the time. You could say like people were starting to seek you out just because they wanted to be healthier, not so much because they had like psoriasis or eczema it was mm-hmm. because they just don't want to put toxic chemicals on their body. And so that was around like 2010. And now it's, you can see like natural products are kind of become a trend and, but you know, the education and um, understanding is super important that you put something, you know, if you have um, a skin issue and you get prescribed medicine, like that soaks immediately into your body, obviously. So you have to think about it that same way with everything you put on you. It's um, the soaps and lotions that go on your skin, get absorbed right into your body and, if you flip over the back of something that you have at home and you can look, see like this list of crap and it's really um, there's not a, re- a lot of regulation as to what is allowed. And there's preservatives and fragrances and things that, you know, to just make it foamy or color. And they're really unnecessary. We're putting all these things in our body and then people are coming in with, you know, I have all these issues and it's like, well, no, yeah, no wonder. So this might be hard to answer because there are probably a lot of things you don't want in products, but are there some like rules of thumbs or, or, or key things that you think people should be paying attention to when they look at products? Like these are the things you definitely want to stay away from. And if that's too hard of a question, because the answer is sort of like everything, then <laughs> are there certain things that people need to be looking for in their products? Yeah, I think the looking for part is better. Just, you know, I, I teach soap making classes, lotion making classes. 
it's very simple to make, you know, something healthy for your body. There's not a lot that has to go in it. So if you are, you know, buying something and you flip it over and it has all these ingredients that like you don't recognize and can't pronounce, you probably should not be using it. There are so many, you know, really like uh, chemical alternatives to something natural. So there's, you know, when I teach a soap class, we talk about during like World War II where there was a, a need for, you know, soap for soldiers and for laundry and just making soap like the old fashioned way was too expensive. So scientists created these alternatives to come up with, you know, something else and it's cheaper, it's faster. So, you know, making soap uh, has a four to six week curing, uh, curing period. You can toss some chemicals in there to make it harder and get it to market faster. Like there's all these things that you can add in that commercial companies do. But basically, as a rule of thumb, just flip it over. If it says olive oil and coconut oil and, you know, some things that you can pronounce and recognize, you're fine. But if it has all like this, a list this long of things that you don't know, start looking a couple of them up. It's really interesting. And um, you'll see pretty quickly the preservatives, fragrances, and these like alternative things that are in there that aren't necessary and that that can be pretty harmful. And what are the products like, you know, if someone goes to your shop, uh, what are some of the products that you would recommend people start with either because they are fan favorites or because <laughs> they're kind of like the strategic best place to start? If you're going to, if you're going to, you know, purchase some natural products, these are the ones to maybe start with first. We make two types of soap, mainly two like lines of soap. We have an olive oil based soap and a goat milk soap. So when someone comes in, they have really dry skin and they're super sensitive. I usually recommend a goat milk soap. It's 34% goat milk and they're really moisturizing. And then the olive oil soap is um, a little bit more for people who are, uh, I don't know how to say this, like there's um, like a necessity behind it. We have like a tea tree soap for someone with acne or a complexion oatmeal soap. It's just like a plain oatmeal soap. But um, yeah, the, you know, either one of the lines of soap are usually the go-to's. And then all the other, you know, fun stuff beyond that. And so another thing is uh, going to the Bitcoin side a little bit more. What are some of the the tools or the services that you found to be helpful? And also, why do you care about, uh, you know, <laughs> accepting Bitcoin or any of those extra hurdles uh, as a Bitcoiner? Like, why why is it worth doing? And the reason that I'm also asking, I've said this a couple of times as we've begun live streaming these a little bit more. A lot of people that listen to the podcast are going to be Bitcoiners, but mm -hmm. there are people that might be listening to these live streams that aren't necessarily Bitcoiners yet. And so mm -hmm. understanding some of the things that you're using and also why you find Bitcoin an important part, uh, an important thing to incorporate into your business is, I think, very helpful, hopefully, for some people listening to this. As someone like interested in being involved in Bitcoin, you know, I'm not a podcast person. Like I'm not going to start a podcast. I'm not going to write a book. And I, I was really trying to figure out like, how do I, how do I get involved? How do I do more in this space? And everyone, you know, that I asked would say, well, and you hear it a lot too, you know, online and in other spaces, like take what you, you know, right. And incorporate Bitcoin. I was like, okay, well I make natural soaps and bath products. So how do I incorporate Bitcoin into that? At first, like, you know, I bought like a Bitcoin mold and have, you know, we have a little Bitcoin soap and then very quickly, like trying to figure out how to accept Bitcoin. And, um, I did reach out to some people and that was when I was connected with Michael from Michael Atwood from Oshiab. Mm -hmm. And that was the first um, platform where we were, where we were, 
you know, kind of incorporating Bitcoin. Of course, like I knew how to accept in the store, but like no one's coming out to my store. My customer base is typically like women 35 to 65. They're not like dying to come spend Bitcoin out, you know, in the country. But we got on Oshi app and we started receiving orders. And also I have had people travel like even like an hour to come out to the store because they want to support a Bitcoin business. And Mm. Earning, you know, you don't just have to buy Bitcoin there, you know, earning it through your business is a is a great way to accumulate it. We save all the Bitcoin that we earn and uh, it's been like a helpful tool for our company. And I think that's something like other businesses should look into. And then Oshi app also, they started a program where where Michael was awesome in letting us be like one of the first companies to do it, Mm. where we offer sats back rewards to all of our customers. So every single person that comes in the store and makes a purchase, it doesn't matter if they pay with Bitcoin or not. Our rewards program is in sats. So I'm, you know, pretty uh, aggressive with, I think we give like 20% back and that customer has the option, you know, I tell them like, you can save it and accumulate it. And then like you come back and redeem it just like you would like Starbucks, you know, rewards Mm -hmm. or any other rewards program, or they can actually take it out. And I haven't checked this month, but it was like 35% of the people claim them, claim the rewards. It's really interesting. And I, I do hope from it, like some of them start to learn a little bit more, but yeah, Yeah. incorporating into the business was like super important because I, I didn't really have like another way to be involved that I could think of, at least at the time. Well, that's why I started the podcast. I, I I got really interested in Bitcoin in 2021. I've been podcasting for the last two or three years. And, you know, there are a lot of Bitcoin podcasts out there, but I thought that I could bring something unique to the space. And so it makes a lot of sense. Like, what do you have? And uh, how can you use that to maybe uh, promote Bitcoin adoption? Now, One other thing that uh, you've been talking about more recently is kind of a weird thing to transition directly (laughs) into is is how Bitcoin was beneficial to help you escape an abusive relationship. So I wanted to give you a little bit of a platform to share about that, because that's another very important part. It's not just a, a tool for your business, although Bitcoin can be that. It is freedom money, and mm-hmm. to, to that end, it seemed like it was particularly in this case in your life. Yeah, and I think you know, obviously, that's like why I'm so passionate about it, but also not like super open about that part of it. You know, someone comes in the store, and you know, they say something negative about Bitcoin, and it like kills my heart because I'm like, ah, oh, you have no idea. But yeah, I was in a very difficult relationship. It was abusive on, you know, several levels, but financial abuse was a, was a huge part of it. At that time, I was staying at home with, with the kids. I wasn't as involved in the business. And um, I was just stuck in a spot where I, I like couldn't figure out how to leave because I just, there was so much control over every aspect of my life. And I, I had no idea how I was going to get out, but I was, you know, pretty well versed in, Bitcoin. And I knew that that was something that I could use to leave and start over in domestic violence situations. Like you have to be really, really, really careful when you're making a plan to to escape. If you open a bank account and there's a phone call or an email, like it's really it's a really dangerous and scary thing. Mm. And um, so you're like, how do you know how how would I even save up money? I had there were hidden cameras in the house like what if he moved one of the cameras and figured out where I was stashing, you know, cash or 
What if I open an, you know, a separate account and something comes in the mail or like, how is, what if it comes to my email? And there are just, there are just so many things. And I just knew like I could save in Bitcoin and like there was nothing that could be done about it. And if slash when, you know, I needed to leave, cause I really, I mean, a lot of times I didn't think it was ever going to come to the, the point where I had to leave. Mm-hmm. You kind of hope like things will get better. I saved like over a nine month period, pretty much everything that I could. And then it was, you know, an emergency situation the day that I had to leave. And I had an escape plan. I wasn't definitely in a a great state of mind. I didn't like follow it entirely, but um, I was able to take uh, the girl. I have two young girls and their, you know, emergency escape bags and my cold storage and leave. In these situations too, I was, I was counseled for a while and you kind of don't believe like all the things you hear, like we have kids together. He wouldn't do that. Um, but that day he shut down like every single you know account that we had changed the locks on the doors. I would have really been in a difficult spot if I didn't have any, any finances to start over. And I was able to get an attorney and, you know, get a place to live and a car and there was no one that could shut that down, right? There's no intermediary that could like call the bank and say, you know, close down these accounts and then you have to, you know, fight for it. It was awesome. Like it was, it really like saved my life and let me start over. And it's kind of funny too, because like I didn't really look at it that way until maybe almost like a year later. I did like it. I was in two domestic violence programs and like I, I teach other women how to use it. But in terms of like being open about it in this space, I didn't I knew like I could help other women, but I didn't really think too much about talking about it like openly yeah. until a little bit recently. Jason Mayer came to our meetup to talk and he started talking about the importance of, you know, Bitcoin as freedom money and abusive situations. I mean, he didn't know my situation at all. I was almost like in tears when he was talking, Mm. but to hear him being so open about it and then seeing how, you know, the rest of the group was so receptive. I'm like, Oh my God, this is important to talk about. And, um, and we spoke about it after, and I'm, you know, trying to just educate a little bit more on, on that side of things and that how Bitcoin can be used in, you know, in that manner. I don't want to, delve into this too much because it's probably a huge topic, but I'm curious if you have any resources you'd recommend for people who find themselves in abusive relationships. And it could be Bitcoin specific resources or other things. Uh, And then as well, do you have any Bitcoin specific recommendations for people who are in abusive relationships? Just like what, what are some quick things, whether Bitcoin or not, that people who find themselves in a difficult situation could potentially turn to to educate themselves? Yeah, there are amazing programs all over the country. I mean, just in my, you know, my town alone, there are two. Um, the, I mean, the first one I went to was Catholic Charities, and they're all over the place. And they can really help you, you know, one with counseling, um, help you like figure out financially what to do, provide housing, child care, like they they have all these tools. Um, and then there are private organizations too. We have one here called Wellspring and it's unbelievable. I mean, they have like a pantry that you can go into any single time of day without even asking. Um, and they have like a room full of toys for kids and they provide childcare and, and counseling and, um, legal, you know, legal advice, not so much 
they don't provide you an attorney, but you can ask questions and stuff. And so reaching out, you know, finding something local and just going and setting an appointment. And I know it's freaking hard. Like it's really, really hard. Like, like I had to have someone really push me to it. Um, but understanding that the help is there and it's endless is, you know, is huge, but also I would advise to like, be careful about it because yeah, if you're, if you're not out yet and you're going, you know, to, to look for help, just be, you know, to be safe. And there are a lot of resources out there. And then in terms of Bitcoin, that's, you know, that's, it's hard because the organizations themselves aren't super receptive yet. The, you know, you get connected with a group within it. They, they're fine with me coming and talking about Bitcoin, educating these individuals, but in terms of like accepting Bitcoin donations and like getting, you know, a wallet out or something like that. It's not really easy. Uh, They do let me come and I I'll do a workshop and then other individuals can reach out to me and we work a little bit, um, you know, one-on-one then on setting, you know, getting a burner phone, setting up a wallet and like how to, you know, put Bitcoin on there. But uh, it would be awesome if there were programs where it was kind of like more, more cookie cutter, you know, where they, because a lot of these places, like they have gift cards and stuff that they can give these women, but getting them to be like, okay, let's we'll take in Bitcoin and do that, like do all these steps. It's a lot. Um, but I do think it's something that we can move toward and something that will happen. It's just, I feel like that mm-hmm. side of it's going to take a little bit longer. Well, I appreciate you sharing that insight. It's a heavy topic for sure. I want to move towards the end of our conversation today to talking about a much more enjoyable topic, which is Bitcoin <laughs> meetups. They've obviously been influential for you. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm standing in now in, in our Jackson, Mississippi Bitcoin meetup as the organizer. Our organizers out of state for a little bit. Uh, so we're planning events for the having. It's a great time. Our, our next meetup, as of this live recording, is this Thursday. We meet once per month. Could you share with us a little bit about your meetup? I, I believe you're the organizer, as well as why you would recommend people getting involved in a Bitcoin. Meetup. Like it seems like a weird thing. Why would I go to a Bitcoin meetup? I'm not like a, a tech nerd, but like I'm not either. I don't think you are. Right, so, I'm, and I'm not either. Right. <laughs> so so give a, give a plug for Bitcoin meetups and maybe some things that you found to be helpful. Um, in kind of growing your local meetup personally. Yeah. I mean, the reason I started it was because I didn't have anyone to talk to about Bitcoin. And, but I'm in upstate New York in the capital region where there's like 2.2 million people. So like there's gotta be another one of me out there. And um, I, I reached out like online to, you know, get some advice on how do you do it? And uh, got connected with some, with some other great meetup organizers and they, you know, the main thing they said was like, just do it, you know, just start a meetup. That's like the main thing. If you're thinking about it, other people are thinking about it. Like there is a need. And just to like chat about Bitcoin with another human being <laughs> was like such a huge thing. And so I did. It took me about a year, though, to do it. I was so nervous. And I just set up, you know, an event on Meetup and um it was at like a local brewery and two other people showed up and it was awesome because we we got to talk about Bitcoin for, you know, two hours. One person was more advanced. The other person was very new and just wanted to learn. So that was kind of cool to see like, OK, this is the range of people and, you know, everything in between. Then after that, it just grew. Um, 
every single meetup, like we had more people, more people, and you know, and it's just like a whole range of knowledge. And one thing that I've learned about, you know, that is like my biggest takeaway too with these events is uh, with meetups and and in person events is like I feel like we all kind of have this common this thing in common, right? We all have this good thing that we're interested. I've just connected so well with every single person that's come to the meetup because we all have this like common goal of working toward, you know, hard money and, and learning about it and educating and whatever people, we have developers who are, you know, on that end too. And you just find like, you're really in a good space with like great, great, great people. And then it, you, they become, they become like some of my best friends. Like, absolutely. Um, you know, even outside of the Bitcoin space, but we, we talk about Bitcoin majority of the time. And then, you know, in my meetup, um, we used to only do social events once a month. And then I wanted to see how other meetup groups were doing it. So I drove two hours. That's the closest one to here. And I went to one in Western Massachusetts and they, um, they were doing only Socratic seminars and not social. And we kind of talked and chatted and we're like, you know, maybe it's a good idea to do a mix of both. So now both of our groups kind of alternate. Like I have a social once a month um, on the first, you know, the first Wednesday. And then we do a more, you know, specific workshop, some type of like topic and in a more private location um, on the third Wednesday. So every two weeks we have an event about um and we've done like you know something on lightning jason mayer has come and spoken to us we do uh something on like you know all the different custody options and the benefit con you know, like pros and cons of each one and it's been uh and then we have a whole you know range of topics that we're that we're you know running a node um anything that everyone wants to mining you know that's another one mm-hmm. that we have coming up and so those are usually like a you know, a smaller number of people go to it, but, uh, the, the bigger ones, like we had one last week and we had like 15 people come and it was great. And we hung out for probably about four hours and chatted and we all can like get our Bitcoin, you know, talk out of us that no one else wants to hear in our lives. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Well, I appreciate you sharing about that. Hopefully people will be encouraged to check out a Bitcoin meetup near them. We've talked about the Oshi app already. One thing that's cool about that is whenever you download the Oshi app, you can uh, there'll be a map that comes up. And you can find you know your area and see if there's a Bitcoin meetup near you. Also, Orange Pill app, which is mm-hmm. a paid app, will have a list of Bitcoin meetups that are you know close to you as well. So there are a lot of tools out there. Obviously, you can go to meetup.com or just Google it and, and see what you find. But before we finish up today, any final thoughts, whether it's uh, connected back to your business and people buying natural <laughs> soaps and things like that, or anything else that might be on your mind before we finish up today? Um, you know, I think just saying, like, one point I like to make is that um, if you're not sure, like, what to do in the space, just start doing something. And I think like two years ago, I wasn't sure how to be involved and all these, you know, little things kind of come, come around and, um, you know, just get out there and you can learn a lot more and you can definitely make an impact and going to meetups, incorporating it into like what you do day to day, there's ways to do it. And there's a world of people that like want to help you too. And, um, so don't be afraid to like step into the space in whatever way you want. It doesn't have to be what everybody else does. Excellent. Well, Kendall, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to talk to you. 
Well, friends, as a wrap, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out to either me or Kendall, you can find those links down in the show notes. And next time you want some natural bath products with Sats back, check out McGillicuddy's Naturals. As always, keep building, keep growing, and until next time, keep living and leading well. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value-for-value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this, and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes, so if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn sats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today